With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In the history of Major League Baseball, only one player's been murdered during a season. Lyman Wesley Bostock Jr. This is the story of his life, his death, and what happened to the man who murdered him. Wesley, July 18th, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Speak for Yourself, Marcellus Wiley, Emmanuel Acho. Let's get to our top story brought to you by Popeyes, Louisiana Kitchen. Hey, please, please. Side of the biscuits, sir. We've all heard Kevin Durant walks out of Brooklyn, but it's turning out to not be so easy. Report says teams have not been willing to meet the initial trade demands by the Nets and quote, the price tag for Durant may not be as high as the Nets wanted. The report went on to say the situation is turning into a stalemate. So I tell you, what does the lack of trade value say about Kevin Durant? Uh, I think people are finally realizing that at this junction in time, KD might not be worth the headache in more ways than one. Ooh, now, we know KD's an incredible basketball player. That's nothing that we would ever disagree on. However, if you're going to acquire Kevin Durant and you realize this, he either falls out or he gets out. Mm. Meaning, mm. there is either a fallout with a player or Kevin Durant is going to get out. Think about OKC. He had to get out because him and Westbrook fell out. Okay. Then you go to Golden State. And he had to get out because him and Draymond Green fell out. Then in Brooklyn, James Harden and him fell out. Then later on after, he got out. Mm. So if you are looking at Kevin Durant, you also, as you look at his talent, you have to acknowledge this, Sal. He fell out with Russell Westbrook, future Hall of Famer. James Harden, future Hall of Famer. Mm. Draymond Green, future Hall of Famer. Kyrie Irving, future Hall of Famer. And now Steph Curry, a future Hall of Famer, he didn't fall out with. But Steph Curry's saying, yo, KD, we don't want you over here. We're good over here. If you have not heard the Steph Curry quotes, which we talked about yesterday, look them up on your own time. But even Steph Curry, future Hall of Famer as well, obviously, is like, hey, we good over here. <laughs> so is GMs and owners are looking at Kevin Durant as talented as he is because, boy, he is talented. You have to understand he is going to fall out or want to get out from a team that has any superstars. You also have to understand he only wants to join a team that has superstars mm. because he wants to win. Great point. Kevin Durant has said himself, at least his reports say he hasn't said it, but his team has said he wants to join a squad with one to two stars. The two teams we've heard as of late, Phoenix Suns, Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. Suns, their future Hall of Famer and Chris Paul, maybe Devin Booker as well, obviously. Yeah. If we've seen Kevin Durant fall out with several future Hall of Famers, you have to be cognizant of the fact that he's either going to kick one of my guys out or he's going to dip. The question is, are we going to get a ring first? And OKC, they did not get a ring before there was a fallout. Mm. In Brooklyn, they did not get a ring before there was a fallout. In Golden State, obviously, they got a couple rings before there was a fallout. Mm -hmm. But you have to weigh, do I want to blow up the entirety of my roster eventually? Because that is what will happen. Do I want to blow up the entirety of my roster for Kevin Durant? And I think people are finally realizing, ooh, as talented as he is, mm. and boy, is he talented, I don't know if he's worth that much of a headache. Man, I think we are... 
kindred in terms of what Kevin Durant is showing the world. After 14 seasons, people have come to that realization that, KD, you got commitment issues, big dog. And it's just as simple as that. Oh, by the way, though, the richest man in the world also has commitment mm-hmm. issues. So it's not like that's taboo. But when you talk about a trade and your trade value, Kevin Durant, then I have to ask myself, what do I want and what do I have to get up to get what I want? Because I want Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, what's your trade value now going down? I know why. It's just because you got commitment issues. But please, Kevin Durant, on the court, you as fine as they get. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Do I want Kevin Durant? Absolutely. Is Kevin Durant long for any situation? That's the issue at hand. Kevin Durant has four more years on his contract right now. And literally every headline says you can trade for Kevin Durant and know that he'll be on your team for four more years. Oops, y'all lying. Because Kevin Durant is not on the Brooklyn Nets in his mind or in his desires any further. But he's still on the Brooklyn Nets in terms of their roster construction. So what is this saying about Kevin Durant? We all go through this. It's a talent conversation at first. Combines us coming through the process, going from UT, going from Columbia. The first thing that makes them even notice you, even call you, even try to get your attention is that talent. And then they start digging through the weeds and start to figure out the little things that may make them like you even more or in this situation, even less. But all things considered, they still going to go after Kevin Durant. Right now, we're in a negotiation of giving up something to get what we want. So don't let this poker game fool you. They love Kevin Durant, just like you love that fine girl that you know always breaks up with her boyfriends. Mm -hmm. But is that stopping you from hollering? Is that stopping you from saying, well, you know what? Me and you can go out and we can talk this through. Because like every general manager thinks, if I get that player, things will be different on my roster. That's what's going on with Kevin Durant right now and the perceived lesser trade value. But Sal, people are starting to figure out who Kevin Durant really is, like you said. Mm. The saddest stories in my mind, the saddest stories of infidelity, I'm not talking about Zach Wilson and what Are there some happy ones? <laughs> there are some very sad ones. Okay. Saddest stories of infidelity is when somebody gives you everything. They're there Ooh, for everything. They wait on you hand and foot. They give you what you want. They provide every place in which you lack, whether it's financially, emotionally, spiritually. They give you everything you want and need when you couldn't give it to yourself and you still step out mm. on them. Those, to me, are the saddest stories of infidelity. I got one. Kevin Durant is partaking in the saddest story of infidelity from a basketball perspective. The Nets gave him a four-year max caliber deal after he had missed an entire season mm. and only played 35 games. Yeah. He only played 35 games, missed an entire season. They said, hey, big dog, we're going to give you a four-year max deal. And KD stayed for one and said, hey, it's time for me to dip. Mm. Mm. That, to me, is the saddest story because – If you now are looking to acquire Kevin Durant and you're Miami Heat and you might have to trade a Bam Adebayo, you might have to trade a Tyler Hero, a Duncan Robinson type cat, you got a whole bunch of young gunners that are going to be there maybe for another five to ten years and you're going to trade them for Kevin Durant that might be one and done? For a Kevin Durant Mm. that could take a five-year deal, excuse me, there are four years left, that could take a five-year deal with all that money after he didn't even play and only played 35 games and then still be like, I'm good? Mm. Why would you want to commit to that? So it's, it's like a mousetrap. 
The beauty of a mousetrap, I haven't had to set them up, thankfully, in my in my new home in the hills, but back in the day. <laughs> back in the day that is a sentence. I haven't set a mousetrap up in my new home in the hills. Back in the day, <laughs> when your boy had to set up these mousetraps. Y'all mice? Y'all ain't have roaches? Nah, mice in Philly. God. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I was in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Um, Never mind. Yeah, yeah. The cheese going to get you. Mm. But it's us who set up the mice traps. We understand, mm. hey, you're hoping that they see the cheese and don't see the cage at the back that's going to catch them after they get to the cheese. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Durant's game is going to get you. But if the owners are really Ooh. looking at the entirety of the trap, mm. they're not just going to be caught up by the cheese, which mm. is Kevin Durant's game. Huh. What they're also going to realize is, yo, there's a trap that comes with this cheese. Because yeah. while the cheese is going to get you, the only way a mice succeeds in the trap is if they can get the cheese and get about before they get trapped. Mm. The only way Kevin Durant can succeed in a situation, if you are an owner, is if y'all get a chip and Kevin Durant gets gone before the drama. But he got to get the chip. Mm. Mm. You got to get the chip. He didn't get it in OKC. He didn't get it in Brooklyn. So as it stands right now, big dog, if I'm an (coughs) owner, you are less likely to get the chip before you get trapped than you are to get the chip and get out of the trap. I love all of that. I love all of that. Oh, I thought a man was only as faithful as his options. And when you are the man, excuse me, the man, Ohio State, the man, oh, my God. you imagine those options? I ask you this question. Let me just hypothetically say this. Uh, I know you do a lot of business outside of just working with me for two hours. Hey, Acho, 201, right when we get off the show. Hey, Acho, I just got a phone call. He want me to connect you. And I've done this before. And some have went well and some have not. But on this one, I say, hey, Acho, hey, man, Elon Musk want to holler at you. What you saying? I saw your neck, so I already know what you're saying. Boy, you, your head almost came off your neck. Yes, you are, right? Oh, does Elon Musk You lying. What? Because you, you've hit me before. Never with Elon Musk. No, but you hit me before with another multimillionaire. And what's the first thing I hit you back and said? Is he a serious human being? Yeah, yeah, you That's have. the first thing? Yeah, yeah. That's the same question yeah. I would ask. Oh, oh but uh, Kevin Durant's not a multimillionaire in basketball. <laughs> If he ain't Elon Musk like Giannis is, he, he Jeff Bezos. Okay, so I'm calling you with Bezos then if you don't okay, want to go. Okay, fine. You fine, ain't fine. doing that. These are multi-billionaires, not millionaires. Don't act like you just got that. You discard this. To my example, <laughs> he, he got faithful issues too. He got them issues with commitment, right? And it's okay. How many kids he got now? Up teen? How many, Twitter. Is he committed to me? No. That's what comes with the territory of being Kevin Durant. Oh, you don't believe me. Michael Jordan, probably the first one to go out there and say, you remember Magic Johnson, 25 years, $25 million deals. I want to marry the Lakers in the forum. Not Michael Jordan. One-year deals, one-year deals, hold you guys hostage. Then all of a sudden, we started seeing the player option deals. Kobe Bryant threatening multiple times to leave the Lakers. LeBron James, one-year deals, player options. Kevin Durant's in the same position as those guys, except the sensibilities are different and people don't like Kevin Durant the same. So therefore, we're perceiving basically the same thing differently. I'm looking at this situation like if you're Kevin Durant, you have committed to the game of basketball, which is to me more important than committing to a team. People got that backwards. When you love playing football, you got released before I got released before. What do we have to fall back on? The love from the team or the love for the game? Kevin Durant has never wavered in his love for the game, never wavered in his commitment to the game, even if that uniform changes. And to Kevin Durant's credit, he only wants to change that uniform for reasons that are personal to him. Mm -hmm. Either I want to do it my way or these dudes ain't doing it the right way. But it's twofold, Sal. 
Kevin Durant might be committed to the game of basketball, not necessarily committed to a team in basketball, but it's not the game of basketball that pays him. It's a team in basketball yeah, that pays yeah, him. And so that's team, where yeah. the rub is. Yeah, because yeah. if I am going to commit to you, Kevin Durant, I need to know that you, Kevin Durant, are going to commit to me. And when have we seen that? The Warriors went to three straight finals. KD, you won two finals and two finals MVPs. Yeah. What more can I give you to make you want to stay? Oh, I, I can tell you. Um, when I get hurt, let's not play around with the diagnosis, anybody. Uh, when you guys are showing me love internally, and this happened to me in college. I had to break up with my girlfriend in college. Don't show me all this love in this dorm. And then we get out there and everybody like, oh, you and Marcellus and looking down at me. Kevin Durant reportedly was getting all the love in the building, but it wasn't leaking outside the building in terms of perception. But you, and he didn't like that. But you've shown me so many quotes publicly quotes of Clay Thompson saying yep, true Kevin Durant's our best player yeah so we can't act like Kevin Durant wasn't getting love from Clay publicly wasn't getting love from Steph publicly yeah and then privately Kevin Durant you was winning like what more do you want to stay and you still don't want to stay mm. Katie if you don't want to stay where you are the man in OKC where literally you are the man if you don't want to stay Shared there, Russ was the man too. Don't do adjacent, that. but remember, uh, KD was there with the Supersonics, and then you go from Seattle to OKC. You build that up like it was really KD. Russ just had a more of a personality. Okay, but did KD goes to Golden State? Isn't that adjacent? Because Steph Curry right there. I mean, maybe a tick under, but mm -hmm. he's still right there. So where's he ever gone? What a share where it wasn't a shared experience. I would say Brooklyn. How you got Kyrie? But Kyrie, but, but, the, but really in Brooklyn, we knew it was KD's team. Okay. Kyrie was a mouthpiece, but we knew it was KD's team. But also, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I'm loving this dialogue mm. because it's, it's really a game of whack-a-mole <laughs> right now. You can't have your cake and eat it too. If KD wants to share the court with another superstar, mm. then he's going to have to share the spotlight Ooh. with another superstar. Can't have it both ways. It. Let me make this final point. Uh -uh. I don't like when outliers change the norm. You don't? I don't. That's called evolution. But the norm is forever okay. the norm. Our out outliers mm. just change our vantage point of the norm. But the norm is still what it is. Where am I going with this? Okay. In football, by the time you're 28, 29, you're old. Particularly depending on what position you play. Yeah. Time you play by 30 and running back, you are extinct. Oh, dinosaur. In basketball, mm -hmm. by 32, you're old. But in football, Tom Brady's playing until 44, 45. So now we're looking at Aaron Rodgers like, oh, he's still got seven good years left. <laughs> we're looking at Matthew Stafford at 33, 34, 35, giving him four and five-year deals. He's still got a decade left. Russell Wilson mm. at 30, 31. Man, I want to play at least another 10, 15. Yeah. Since when? Mm -hmm. Because Tom Brady, an outlier, changed the norm. Let's talk basketball. Mm. LeBron James, still balling at 37, 38 years old. Outlier. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, outlier. So we are really going to let LeBron change the norm, which is, yo, by the time you're 31, 32, 33, you can't hoop like you used to. Ask D-Wade, mm. ask Carmelo, ask Chris Bosh, all peers with LeBron James. Don't let the outlier change the norm. Mm. Kevin Durant's 33 going on 34. Kevin Durant has missed 136 games in the last three years. Mm. Most games he's ever missed in another three-year span, 85. This is not the same 27-year-old Kevin Durant that went to Golden State. This is a 33 moving on 34-year-old Kevin Durant. The norm is that by the time you hit that age, your basketball skills are diminishing. Yeah. Why would you want to sacrifice a 25, 23, 22-year-old Tyler Hero type player, a 25, 26 Bam Adebayo type player, 28, for a Kevin Durant? 
who you already know, statistically speaking, should be starting to decline. Yeah, I'll tell you why. It's simple for me. It was just there's no way that you would believe that any player you're going to name is going to reach the heights of Kevin Durant. Now, you're saying Kevin Durant's not at his height anymore. He's coming down the mountain. Well, Kevin Durant, when will he meet a Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero's coming up the mountain, but when will they meet? They are far apart because even Tyler Hero at his greatest last year. Can you do that 10 more times? Kevin Durant's a 12-time All-Star, dog. Can you do that 11 more times? Mm -hmm. And, And so when will they meet? Kevin Durant will be 40 years old or something before you say Kevin Durant's down to here and Tyler Hero consistently is up to there. That's why you make that projection. This is a rigged conversation, and we did a great job of trying not to rig it because Kevin Durant's a top two, top three player in this game right now. How often are they even traded? So the question is, oh, look at his perceived trade value going down. But the real question the or the real answer is, the point. when the hell do you see top two, top three players even on the market for trade? Here's a couple of examples. Remember Anthony Davis? Yeah, they had to give it up to go get Anthony Davis. And look at the results. Championship. We could go back Kawhi to the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Give it up. And guess what you got? Championship. Let's go to mm, Carmelo Anthony. Not a championship, but made the Knicks relevant. Sure. And he wasn't top three, but uh, Carmelo was buckets. But yeah, he wasn't <laughs> top three. Uh, Kevin Garnett wasn't top three, but up there there, as well. Got a championship. Three of those guys were championship worthy for that trade. And then the other one wasn't there, but still made that team relevant. Let's talk. Let's talk. You say Kevin Garnett. He's in Boston, but remember, that didn't necessarily end smoothly, and Kevin Darnett was quickly moved elsewhere. Kawhi Leonard, he was in Toronto, but he was there here today, and he was gone tomorrow. In and out burger. Anthony Davis, we know how much drama has been a part of Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. in L.A. Um, You mentioned one other name, which has slipped my mind now. uh, You said Carmelo Garnett? Oh, Carmelo. Carmelo, we know what happened to Melo. He was in New York. He's still playing. What you mean what happened to Melo? Yeah, but he was in New York, and then he was in, what, OKC, and then he was in Houston, and now he's in L.A. Like, it's not as if any of those players you know, you named, know how to stay seated. No, That's the dilemma with Kevin Durant. He will follow the trajectory of all those players, yeah. but none of them know how to stay seated. You know, Grandma said the way you go into a relationship, the way you, you come out, out, baby. Talk about Ain't it. Ain't nothing changed. Coming up, we're shifting gears to quarterbacks, and we'll tell you if Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes has more to prove this season. But first, Lamar Jackson is not a top 10 quarterback? What? I'll tell you if that's disrespectful. Next on Speak for Yourself. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Lamar Jackson is not a top 10 quarterback. Wait, what? That's according to a group of executives and coaches and players who rank the quarterbacks heading into the season. Now, Lamar, obviously a former NFL MVP, but he was only honorable mention with an anonymous (coughs) offensive coach saying, quote, hard to stay healthy when you run that much, close quote. Well, let's take a look at the list. No surprise when you see who's on top, Aaron Rodgers. Followed by Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow sitting there at number five, reigning Super Bowl champ Matthew Stafford at six. Rounding out the list, you got Herbert, Wilson, Deshaun, and Dak Prescott. So, 
Oh, that's how smiling. That's, 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 that's how smiling over there. Ah, Cho. Is it disrespectful to leave Lamar Jackson out the top 10? Yes, this is disrespectful. Here we go again. As MC Light once said, dang, oh, here we go again. The lack of respect Lamar Jackson has gotten from hello continues. And I guess it's going to stay here till he says goodbye. And it's so sad because he was told he couldn't even play quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL. Oh, think he was able to do that. Was told he couldn't throw the football in the NFL. Oh, just led the league in passing touchdowns. That continues. He saves jobs. He saves a franchise that hadn't made the playoffs in five years. Becomes a unanimous MVP. And once again, we find ourselves in the same place. No matter where we go, here we are. We look at Lamar Jackson last year, and we want to use that against him. Oh, really? You want to do that? Okay, that's fine. As I looked at that top 10 list you just put up, man, Deshaun Watson had a great year last year. Oh, oh, he didn't? Oh, what's he doing on the list? Oh, oh no, we're not going to use Lamar Jackson's entire year against him. We're going to talk about what we saw, and then he got hurt. Oh, do you know Lamar Jackson was on pace to have career records for him in that season that he got hurt? Wait a minute. The same career that has a unanimous MVP, he was on a career pace. And y'all going to use that against him? Oh, no, no. It's because he got injured. Oh, so injury is the reason. Do you know before injury, this team was the number one injured team in the NFL. He brings that team that's compromised to the number one seed in the AFC in December. Then he gets hurt and his team goes 0-5 and we use injuries against him. Instead of using injuries for him to show the value of Lamar Jackson. Wait a minute. The most hurt team in the NFL has their quarterback on a career year, and all of a sudden he gets injured and that team can't win another game, that's not value. We're not going to respect his resume. Mm. We're not going to respect his value. Mm. We're not going to respect that he was number one thrown outside the numbers. Mm. We're not going to respect that this guy balls out in December 13-2 and two record. Mm. Mm. Warren set, Warren set. All I know is you got to respect Lamar Jackson and respect him enough to give him his proper due top 10 in the league. Respect me enough and respect the viewer enough to do this then, Marcellus. Because here's what I can't stand. And so many people lie to y'all, America. I'm not going to let it happen. Not right here, not right now. Whenever we have a top 10 list and we say, man, somebody got to be in the top 10. It's disrespectful that Lamar ain't in it. What people always do is try to play both sides. If you're going to put Lamar in the top 10, guess what? Somebody got to get kicked out. He got to go. Who's going? Oh, because what I don't like I is a lot of names. people on online put him in this ridiculous, put him in, but they want to suck up to all the other quarterbacks. Somebody got to go there. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, you pick. I got ammo on all three. Let's go. Because if we use it last year against Lamar, let's use last year against Russ. You he got Russ? hurt. Russ got hurt, and Russ didn't look good, and Russ was a loser. Ooh. Oh, let's go to Deshaun Watson. He didn't even play. And then let's go to Dak Prescott, who I want to keep on there. I ain't got to take all of them off. Just one, right? Okay. Dak, you stay on there. But Dak won on the law of averages, mm. not heights. Let's go. I'm going to start with this. Let's go. Justin Herbert, go away. <laughs> I hear somebody. Immediately. Hear Dak Prescott, you got to go. It's disrespectful to have Lamar Jackson outside of the top 10, particularly if you have Justin Herbert and or Dak Prescott ahead of him. Mm. I believe winning and losing is a quarterback stat. Your favorite analyst might not. I'm not your favorite analyst then. I believe (laughs) winning and losing is a quarterback stat. And Lamar Jackson, when he plays, is a winner. Yes. A greater winner than just about any other quarterback when they play. 
Justin Herbert, as talented as he is, as strong as his arm is, as great as the articles are that are written about him, as phenomenal as his mind is, he has not won. Oh, he has not gotten to the playoffs. Career record-wise, losing. Don't tell me that the Chargers were a uh, franchise in, in, in disarray. Lamar Jackson went to a Ravens franchise that hadn't seen the playoffs in three years. Okay. Coach was about to get fired, sitting there flying on the wings of Joe Flacco, takes over and goes 6-1, and one, leads his team to the playoffs. That's what a great quarterback does. Mm. So I'm not just going to tell you that Lamar Jackson should be in the top 10. That's easy. Any analyst can say that. I'm going to take it a step further and be blunt. Who got to go so Lamar can get in? Mm. First and foremost, Justin Herbert. Now, after that, Dak got to go, too. Wow. I'm listening. I like Dak Prescott as a quarterback. We're going to talk about him in about 22 minutes. <laughs> but as it stands, Lamar Jackson can do anything and more for a team that Dak Prescott can do. Mm. He's already done that mm. in a tougher division and a tougher conference for the most part. On top of that, Lamar Jackson individually has succeeded at a higher level than Dak Prescott. So it's not necessarily a shame to be outside of the top 10. No. The question is, who they got ahead of you? Yeah. And it's kind of like you say all the time, either when talking <laughs> about the club or talking about the Hall of Fame. Am I just better than the worst person in there? That's it. That's what it comes down to. Let me in. Am I better than the worst in there? If so, let me in. Yeah. If I'm Lamar, I'm looking at Herbert and I'm... I, Whoa. I'm laughing Whoa. at how disrespectful it is. I'm looking at Dak. I'm laughing oh. at how disrespectful it is. Oh. It's disrespectful. Lamar got to be in there over Herbert. It's disrespectful that I, you grab from number seven through ten, and then you skip Russell and you skip Deshaun. Russell, look, if you're going to leave Russell in because of lifetime achievement, say it. Do it. I get it. It's a lifetime achievement award? I mean, because you can't go off last year, but we going off last year for – Lamar Jackson. That's my problem. What lens? Because you can't, the year before, can you say Go that, off the year, we can go off the year before if you want. No, no, I don't want. But I don't think you can. But let's say there, let's start. All right, Justin Herbert's 15 and 17. So he has a losing record, I losing get it. Oh, God. Okay, oh. but, 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 golly, without knowing his record, watching him, you're like, oh, that's top 10. Like, you don't know 10 other quarterbacks better than him. Fair. You just see outcomes and you're like, oh, defense, oh, special teams, oh, your coach is a gambler. But you can't look at 10 other quarterbacks and say they're better. So, Justin Herbert, interesting. Russell Wilson, okay, I know Russell Wilson is top 10, except you got hurt last year, like Lamar, except you were a loser last year, losing team six and eight. Why aren't you getting demoted as much as Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, don't forget, has the most wins of any quarterback age 25 or under. Don't forget, since he's been in the league, six most wins of all quarterbacks, regardless of age. So I'm looking at Russell Wilson like, interesting criteria. Deshaun didn't even play. But I get it. You can't find 10 other quarterbacks better than Deshaun. Dak Prescott, that's the one. If you're going to try and take one, Dak Prescott in this ranking did not get a vote higher than number seven. No top fives. <laughs> But he just stayed mm -hmm. 7 to 10. So he won in averages. He didn't win in terms of heights of greatness. But Lamar Jackson, once again, for whatever reason, whether it's style, aesthetics, or just the stigma, they don't want to get his do his props. Without Lamar Jackson, the Ravens can't win. With Lamar Jackson, not only does he win a unanimous MVP, but he has the team winning. Clearly, we're both on the side of Lamar Jackson yeah, yeah. in the regards to this argument. Get him in. But we also have to be honest, because I'm not just going to come up here and lie to y'all for the sake of retweets. Um, 
If you want to talk about 10 quarterbacks who you trust to take you to and win a Super Bowl, that's the only time I think you could make the argument against Lamar Jackson. Okay. The last time we saw Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, it was his fault his team lost. Period. Mm. The Ravens lost to the Buffalo Bills by two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson was going in to score a touchdown and threw a pick six within the 10-yard line. So not only did he cost his team seven points, he gave up seven points. You mathematicians do the math at home. That's 14 points. It's a 14-point swing. They lost the game by 14 points. Lamar Jackson finishes the game in the locker room because of a concussion. It's two years ago. Last year, Lamar Jackson, obviously, he gets hurt. There does come a point in time where Lamar Jackson and that offense gets figured out come the playoffs because while it appears complicated during the regular season, it becomes simplified when you are playing against teams and defenses that actually know how to hone in on their assignments. Hmm. The only argument I think that could be made is of those quarterbacks, of those 10, I would take Lamar Jackson 11th, not me personally, but I could understand an argument to get me to and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Look at Lamar Jackson in his unanimous MVP season, and I look at him in his season since. His unanimous MVP season where he throws for 36 passing touchdowns, but since he's only thrown for 47, if I'm not mistaken, that's 2.4 touchdowns a game unanimous MVP season, Hmm. 1.6 a game after. The rushing yards, they speak for themselves, and those are the numbers that speak again for themselves. Look at the decline over the last two years. I'll end like this. So, in football, it's not what have you done for me. Mm. It's what have you done for me lately. Lately. That's what it always is. Eventually, we got to stop reaching so far back to Lamar's 2019 season and start talking about 2020, 2021, and now 2022. Lamar got a ball this year. Because you know as well as I, if we got to go back two years and change to talk about your good years, in football, that's just a long time. In home, in y'all households, with y'all professions, that might not be long. But remember, the Packers wanted to replace Aaron Rodgers, and they drafted Jordan Love because of one mediocre season, 25 touchdowns and and six interceptions. Mm. So in football, we can't keep reaching back to 2019. Lamar Jackson does need to ball soon, if nothing else, but to put the people that rank him outside the top 10 in check. I like that. I like that. Just as long as you are open to adding – Let's not reach back for Russell Wilson because last year at 25 and 6, injured. But we're going to skip over that year for Russell Wilson. I get it. He got more in the kitty than Lamar Jackson because he has a Super Bowl championship and another Super Bowl appearance. But if it's what have you done for me lately, Russell Wilson in the playoffs, 3 and 6. Greater than Lamar Jackson. More attempts, more wins. But that win percentage is not flattering to a Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, we got to reach back. We want someone that can play. Oh, you didn't play last year. You may not play this year, but he's still in this rankings. It's crazy when we always evaluate someone's rankings. I don't think we get every attribute, every detail, every characteristic that they're evaluating with. Because to me, as simple as this, the top 10 quarterbacks I would want to lead my team to victory. And I just can't think of 10 more guys than Lamar Jackson. So no way he should be on the outside looking in. But... He's been that way since Louisville. Y'all know how y'all think about him. Coming up, LeBron's former teammate Ray Allen has some interesting reasons why the king is not the GOAT. Not me, interesting. I'm going to tell you, we have issues with it next on Space for Yourself. I feel you, dog. Saturday is baseball night in America on Fox as the Red Sox head to the Bronx to take on Aaron Judge and the rival Yankees or the Brewers. 
They're going to Giants Saturday, 7 Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Check local listings for the game in your area. LeBron James is a four-time NBA champion. He's widely considered to be in the conversation for the greatest player of all time. Well, his former teammate Ray Allen had a recent viral moment when a young fan said LeBron is the GOAT. Take a listen. He's a great three-point shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. So you're saying the GOAT, and he ain't even the great in all those categories. You know what it is? <laughs> Got a free again. Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick the in on this. But I'll tell you, you have an issue with Ray Allen's reasoning on why LeBron is not the GOAT. I love this conversation. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear all of you all's opinions. I have a huge issue with it, and I like Ray Allen. Good dude. Met him a few times. Great person. Um... I have an issue with it, though, because his logic is flawed. Let's talk about Michael Jordan, who then, if LeBron is not the GOAT, is the GOAT. Uh, Michael Jordan wasn't the greatest dunker of his era, I'd say Dr. J. Wasn't the greatest shooter of his era, I'd say Larry Bird. Wasn't the greatest shot blocker of his era, I'd say Matumbo. Wasn't the greatest dribbler of his era, you could say Isaiah Thomas. Wasn't the greatest rebounder of his era, you could say Akeem. So Jordan was not the greatest as anything that you could quantify. Mm. What Jordan was the greatest at was non-quantifiable. He was the most clutch. He had the greatest killer instinct. LeBron James, I don't think he's the greatest shooter of this generation. I would say Steph Curry, not the greatest dribbler of this generation or finisher. You could argue Kyrie Irving for both. Not the greatest rebounder of the generation. You could argue any of the bigs. You could argue somebody from Giannis. You could argue uh, uh, any other uh, big player. It's not LeBron James, but what is LeBron James' greatest stat? Something you cannot quantify. Basketball IQ. Hmm. The only time Ray Allen's argument works, and can I see my intellectual dogs? We know what LeBron James highlights look like. I don't need to see him. Yeah. Anybody. Let me look at my intellectual <laughs> brethren. They're great to me. Um, the only time, Stel, I think this argument works is in individual sports. Mm. The only time you can say you have to be greatest in something to be the greatest overall is in an individual sport. Mm. In track and field, Usain Bolt was the greatest finisher. Not the greatest starter by any means, but was the greatest finisher in Tennis, Serena Williams has the most power. In individual sports, you can argue that you have to be the greatest at something to be the greatest. Why, Slick? I spend so much time thinking about the nuance. Because in team sports, it's other people around you that make you great. LeBron James could not have the highest basketball IQ without other players to prove his IQ, without being able to distribute to the right person in the right moment. Michael Jordan needed Carl Malone game six, 1998, to prove how clutch he was because he needed to steal the ball, go down the court, cross over Byron Russell to prove how clutch he was. You can't prove your clutch playing a game by yourself. Can't prove you have a high basketball IQ playing a game by yourself. So Ray Allen's logic is flawed when it comes to team sports. You do not have to be the greatest at anything individually to be the greatest of all time because Jordan wasn't and Braun isn't. I hate the questions, and I have issue with the questions that Ray Allen asked. But I understand the point that he was trying to make, and I think it's an interesting one, because what he's suggesting is, how can you be the greatest of all time if you didn't dominate in any one particular thing at any particular time? And I'm going to push back with you on the Michael Jordan comparison. He demonstrated that he was the greatest during his time as a scorer. Ten consecutive scoring titles when he played a complete season, seven in a row before he took a year and a half off. So, And while he was doing that, 
He was also first-team All-Defense and first-team All-NBA all of those years. So the case can be made that he made a very strong argument that for a decade, Michael Jordan was the best two-way player in the game. That is his claim to fame. And this is what I found interesting in, in sort of researching this topic, which is LeBron James is about to enter his 20th season. He has one assist title and one scoring title to his name. Those are the only two things that he has done in any one season where he dominated a particular, particular statistical category. Now, if we want to dismiss the statistics, I'm okay with that. We can just go by the eye test, or we can, do, we can go by championships one, or we can go by other measurements. But if we do that, that then eliminates all of the arguments for why LeBron James is potentially better than Michael Jordan oh. or a number of other guys. We can't pick and choose when it comes to statistics. So it's why I understand what Ray Allen was getting at. I just don't like that he, first of all, he mixed free throw shooting with dribbling and, okay, are we measuring that on percentages? It, it's, it's, a, it's a flawed way to approach the, the topic. But the idea that LeBron James never demonstrated dominance in, one, in any one particular area of the game and how that might undermine the argument to suggest that he could be the greatest of all time, I think is a fair argument to make. I don't think it was a fair argument to make. And I think he had great intentions. I think they were pure intentions. He was trying to break down all the components of what makes the GOAT. And he wanted to reverse engineer this. And we all know when you get in your car and you go in reverse, you just don't see things as clearly as when you're going forward, right? So now trying to reverse engineer this, you're like, oh, he's supposed to be the GOAT. Well, can he do this? Can he do this? And can he do this? Well, let's talk about who could do that and let's see if they could be the GOAT since this is supposed to be the argument. Uh, let's talk about those free throws, right? So we're going to put what? Steph Curry, Steve Nash, Mark Price. Those are the guys who shot the best at the free throw line. Are they the GOAT? Uh-oh, here we go. No, no, it's the three-point shooters. Okay, so we got Steve Kerr. What we got? Hubert Davis. Steph Curry again. Uh-oh, two categories for Steph Curry. He must be the GOAT. We're not going to say that. Oh, nah, it's those dribblers, man. You got to be able to dribble at least. So Tim Hardaway, senior and AI, all tremendous, all different tiers and levels of greatness. But none of those guys in the GOAT conversation. So trying to go backwards with this, the reverse engineers, he actually ran into all the problems. To build up LeBron James, Acho says this so well. I don't know why he didn't say it this time. It's not just the peak powers of what LeBron James possesses. It's how consistent he does them and how long he's been doing this. And LeBron James is the greatest of making others great around him. So you add all those attributes up, and now you may have a conversation of why he is the GOAT. But looking at him telling some 15-year-olds, leaning in on them, get off my lawn, you don't know what a goat looks like, didn't really come across with the best ammunition, even though I think he had the best intention. Well, let's also give Ray Allen a pass. He's asked a question in passing, and he has yeah. to come up with some reasoning as to why he believes what he does. Right. It's not as if he had a chance to prep for a show, okay? So I'm going to give him a little bit of an out facts, there, facts, right? Facts. But here's the thing. I believe, Marcellus, that he was not looking that in context of you have to be great in those categories, 
but in the guys that are in the conversation of being great, how does LeBron measure up to those other greats in those categories? And I would say one of the reasons why Shaquille O'Neal is not as high on my list as he might be with others is because you could play hack-a-shack. You had to take him off the floor in the last two minutes because the free throw shooting was such a flaw. Wilt Chamberlain gets dinged for the same reason. People question Bill Russell's place among the all-time greats because he wasn't the scorer that we see uh, among the all-time greats uh, that, that he's compared to or that he's in the conversation with. But here's the other element, and I'm surprised that we never talk about this, which is, and again, researching this topic, it kind of jumped out at me. Do you know who the all-time leader in turnovers in the league is? Mm. It's LeBron James, and it's by a lot. By the time he's done, he may put that number in a place where <laughs> nobody is ever going to touch it. Yeah. And he's not, and you're going to say, yeah, but he's got the ball a lot, and he's a great passer and all that. He's seventh on the all-time list in assist, and yes, he may move up a couple rungs, but he ain't moving up to number one. So, again, here's my whole... Here's my whole case with this. The case that I hear for LeBron James and where he stands among the all-time greats is always invariably a statistical one. And whether it's consistency, it's longevity, whatever it is. And I think what Ray is pointing to, which I think is a fair thing to point to, is, okay, is it a longevity award? Are your numbers impressive because of how long you've been doing it for how many consecutive years? And does that qualify as greatness if at any point you weren't looked at saying that you dominated the game? Unfair, man. I just I, I'm not with Ray Allen on this one. I, I'm not trying to sit here and disparage him. But at the same time, even in passing, Ray Allen's supposed to know more than not. Uh, he's supposed to forget more than I know. Right. He's supposed to be prepared for this argument. You play with LeBron. You should be able to say this as I read it. You should be able to say this without reading it. Only player in NBA history to be top five all time in points. Mm. Top 10 all time in assists. Mm. Top 10 all time in steals. So we talking both sides of the court. You're supposed to be able to say that. You're not supposed to get lost in the sauce and just tell 15-year-olds he can't be the GOAT because he can't shoot free throws or something, which is crazy because the only three players that I ever hear, it seems like, in commonality of the GOAT conversation, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It seems like I always hear those three. We don't look at Kareem and say, oh, well, he could shoot free throws, but he couldn't shoot the three and he couldn't dribble. Like, how do we start to slice this? And I just think that yeah. Ray Allen is smart enough to know how to handle the knife. He's smart enough to know how to slice it, at least better than he did in front of those little kids. Coming up, Dak Prescott made the top 10 on the quarterback list, but he was called a good but not great quarterback. We'll tell you if that's fair or foul. Next, on speak for yourself. Come on, right, right. Dak Prescott was ranked as a 10th best quarterback heading into this season. Now it's according to a survey of executives, coaches, and players. Now an anonymous NFC exec said Dak is, quote, a good but not great quarterback. He has to play well in the playoffs, close quote. We added Dak is not in the top echelon of QB. So fair or foul to say that Dak Prescott is good, but not great. Foul. The latter. Foul, foul, foul. Um, what is the definition of great?
if Dak Prescott is not going to be qualified as a great quarterback based off of this ranking. This all comes from the top 10 ranking and then them trying to describe the individual quarterbacks that they put on the top 10 list. Dak Prescott, luckily, I guess, being good but not great, made the top 10 list. So it's interesting. I look at Dak Prescott last year and I wonder, I was like, if you're top five in the entire NFL, I wonder if you're good or you're great. How many quarterbacks start in the NFL? 32. Mm-hmm. How many on a roster? Usually two or three, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking 64 to 96. So if you're top five in anything, top 10 in anything, I wonder if you're good or just great. Win losses. Look at my man, Doc Prescott. Last year, 11 and 5, 6. Okay. Is that good or great? Sounds great to me. Completion percentage, fourth. Is that good or great? All right. Acho, you're not going to agree. Um, touchdown interception ratio, fifth. Good or great? <laughs> Passer rating. Uh-oh, the ultimate one. Add them all up. Mm, hit equal, Wally. Third. Damn it. Is that good or great? What y'all talking about here? Dak Prescott has a record as a starter, 53 and 32. Is Deshaun Watson good or great? Is Deshaun Watson good or great? <laughs> yeah, go get I think it. Deshaun's great. Uh, yeah, 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 I bet you do. 28 and 25 overall record versus 53 and 32. What is great? If Dak Prescott being top five in categories that matter, if Dak Prescott leading his teams to wins doesn't matter, then tell me what's great. Because so far, I'm looking at Dak Prescott as a great quarterback. It's fair to call Dak Prescott good because that is exactly what he is. He Mm. is good. Mm. Uh, Sel, what was your GPA at Columbia? You still remember? No, but I know it was low. Uh, It was low? uh, Probably two. Really? Two eight, two nine, dog. Nobody. <laughs> you the first person to ask me since I graduated. Nobody gives a damn. Long they got that letter. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, if I you got get... a ninety on a test, you'd say I was great. Uh, first of all, I'm at the club and <laughs> I'm partying. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm, that's great. Uh, Eighty five on a test, great. I don't know. I ain't get that many <laughs> <laughs> at Columbia. Man, I ain't care. Um, yeah, that's great. That's still great. Okay, you, you, there are fifteen people <laughs> that are better than you. And you got 85? Yes, you're great. What are you calling this? Okay, um, if you get a 80. Now we started, now we started getting a little uncomfortable because <laughs> 79 don't sound great. But um, 80 does. You gotta remember, Dak Prescott at his best is a is the sixth best quarterback in ball. He's never been considered top five legitimately. At his best is the sixth best quarterback in ball. Okay. The sixth best quarterback out of 32 starting quarterbacks. That's roughly 82 is where he stands as far as percentage. Mm, okay. He's in the 82nd or the top 18 percentile, 18th. Mm. It's not great. To get into Texas, it used to be top 10% gets you into Texas. Top 10%, that was what was considered great. They moved it down. They had to hire the bar to get into the University of Texas. It's now top 8% of public schools. It's not top 20% because top 20 is good. Okay. Top 8% is when you talk about being great. Top 10% is being great. If Dak was in the top three, at the quarterback position at some point in time in his career, sure, he's great. But we got him at 10th. 10 out of 32? That's the top 31%. Mm, uh-uh. 31! It's not great, big dog. It's not great. Yeah. So Dak uh-uh. Prescott, to me, is good. If there are nine people better than you and there are only 32 qualifiers, backup quarterbacks are not qualifiers, starting quarterbacks are qualifiers, if there are nine people better than you and there are only 32 qualifiers, you are not great. And that is okay. Everybody can't be great. There are just some 
Good performances. Only five people typically on average get nominated for the Academy Award for Best Performer in a Performance, in a leading yeah. actor, assisting actor, comedy role, leading actress. Assist That's it. Five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't nominate everybody in a mama. Why not? We nominate five. Because that's who we dictate is great. Let's talk about books. You got books. I got books. Let's talk books. <laughs> Audio, <sighs> audiobooks. Over here. Audio. Hundreds of books come out weekly. Oh, yeah. Hundreds. Hundreds. But only 15 people make the New York Times bestsellers list of the primary category. Yeah. Of hundreds. Yes. Because to be great, we don't take the top 20% of books. We don't have 50 books making the New York Times bestsellers list. We got 15. Because mm. to be great, you have to be in the top, 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 top echelon. So Dak is really good. And that's okay. a comment and a compliment, excuse me. It's hard to be really good. But is he great? Come on now, Columbia. You have to be great to get into Columbia. Not really good. Or you would have been to Texas. <laughs> okay, let's go to Texas, dude. Uh, went to Texas Relays before. A 2 eight though? I, I don't know. That's I, disappointing. Why? Honestly, I'm disappointed. Really? You want me to try more? I mean, two eight. I had I had other priorities to get to the league, and then I got a four zero. What I'm saying, you're averaging a C, sir. I, I averaged an A in attendance, and then I just made sure I got through. What's wrong with that? That's what I'm gonna tell MJ too. <laughs> when he got the NIL deal. Here we go. All right. At UT, maybe they get away with this, but not at Columbia with our two eights. <laughs> you can't use objective results okay. to justify subjective matter. And mm. you just did that. You did the cross, and I caught you. And I'm going to let you do it because you did it poetically. But you can't say you're 82%. What did you say, 9 or 10, right? And you're ranked. Ranking is subjective. Mm. Ranking is top six, as you said, or he's never been higher than six, or mm. you said top 10. That is subjective. Fair. You got to use objective matter to give me an objective result. Let's stay in the same system. Okay. Two nine now. I got to <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I give it Here we go. What is Dak Prescott in terms of if you're number three in passer rating? Like this is all right. Forget it. I love your greatest point was in the A block where you said, don't just pump them up. Take somebody out. Let's start taking people out. All right. My man, Justin Herbert, who you know I love me some Herbie. But 15 and 17 is not great. Why are you ranked higher than that? Okay. Joe Burrow, you made it to the Super Bowl. That's a team achievement. You're 12 and 13 and 1. You're not great. Why are you ranked higher than Dak? So this is what I'm saying. Which criteria? Is it subjective? Is it objective? Is it team accomplishment? Or is it Dak Prescott who wins and also has individual statistics that supports who he is, which is a great core? back mm. um for this reason uh oh great is relative um let's go what i mean is Talk to me, in la when it drops under 55 degrees <laughs> it's cold <laughs> nippy out here. it's yeah. cold y'all yeah. Yeah. yeah in new york 55 degrees is hot toasted because yeah. it's all relative to what are you used to Okay. So greatness, just like the temperature, whether we dictate something's cold or hot, is relative. Mm. It's subjective. It's subject to the environment. Based on the environment of quarterbacks right now, Dak Prescott can't be great because there are too many greater than him that's kicking him out of the greatness conversation. Mm. You throw Dak in the 1960s with the same talent level? Right. <laughs> but Dak Prescott right here, right now, not when I look mm. at Patrick Mahomes is great. I look at Aaron Rodgers is great. I look at Tom Brady is great. 
Uh, really, that's where I'm like, okay, they are elitely elite by themselves. Then I look at Matthew Stafford. I look at Josh Allen. Oh, God. <laughs> look at what Lamar Jackson's recently yeah, done. Yeah. Greatness is relative. And relative to all these other quarterbacks, Dak Prescott's not in the same conversation. You say this all the time, and I love it. It's my closing thought and point. It's not the Hall of Really Good. Mm. It's the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's not the Hall of Consistent. Mm. It's the Hall of Fame. When we talk about a guy like Frank Gore, should Frank Gore be in the Hall of Fame or not? You and I always have this dialogue. And it's like, well, Frank Gore was never a top three running back at any point of time in his career. A phenomenal career in which he rushed for a lot of yards, and I'm sure he will get in. Yeah. But many would surmise he was never elite. He was always just really, really good. Dak Prescott has never been great. He's just been really, really good. If you want to look at his consistency and say, well, he's been really good, so let's just call him great, you can do that. But I just can't. Yeah, but it's tough because – and I love that Frank Gore example because, yo, he's never been top three, but he's never been bottom ten. <laughs> and, you know, for real, like me, I was a top three DN at one time, you know, ranked. Ranked. And then also was bottom ten. Like, so I'm not even Frank Gore. Like, he just hovered around the good to great – echelon enough for I would consider Frank Gore great, future Hall of Famer. But Acho, tell me this. I'm going to go to the Acho Dictionary, right? You always tell me wins and losses is a quarterback stat. That, yes, sir. Dak Prescott entered the league in 2016. Tell yeah. me if these guys are great or had great careers. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. I left one guy out of that, and he's ranked higher than Roethlisberger. Dak Prescott, wins and losses. Simple as that. I understand. Not team success, not Joe Burrow. I went to the actual Super Bowl. Not Matthew Stafford. I won the Super Bowl. But in terms of wins and losses, Dak Prescott is number four in most wins by a starting quarterback. And if that's a quarterback stat, sounds great to me. Coming up, we have a lot more on NFL quarterbacks, and we'll tell you if Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes has more to prove this season. Next, on Speak for Yourself. Maybe a two-set. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL heading into this season, according to a group of executives, coaches, and players. Rodgers is the reigning MVP and will be playing without first-team All-Pro Devontae Adams. He's followed by former MVP Patrick Mahomes, who will be playing without former first-team All-Pro Tyreek Hill. Got to bring in Fox NFL analyst and Super Bowl champion, wide receiver legend Greg Jennings. But I choke. Who has more to prove, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes? I'm going with Aaron Rodgers on this one for uh, one obvious reason. First, three years, $151 million. You're talking $50 million a year. We have not seen money like that. Aaron Rodgers, that's first and foremost. But really, G, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this because for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he doesn't have help. Like, remember, Aaron Rodgers, when he becomes a starter, he inherits a Greg Jennings, a Donald Driver, uh, if we're being honest, a Jermichael Finley and a Jordy Nelson that are drafted that same year. He inherits, and Greg, I'm sure I'm missing one or two other names. Please correct me, James Jones. So he inherits a plethora of talent. Then as GJ and James Jones and all those move on, you still got Jordy. You still got Randall Cobb. Then as they move on, you still have Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has always had two hitters with him at all times at minimum, anywhere from two to four. But now, Aaron Rodgers really only got Aaron Jones. Like, who's his leading receiver going into the season? Alan Lazard, who's truly a possession receiver. So, 
There's more to prove on Aaron Rodgers because he has less help and thus he legitimately has more that he can prove for the first time in his career. I don't disagree with your points. Um, I, I still believe that Patrick Mahomes, however, has more to prove. And this is why I believe that to be true. When you look at Aaron Rodgers, the, I, I don't think people give his head coach, Matt LaFleur, enough credit. He has kind of leveled out the playing field, if you will, when it comes to what Aaron Rodgers needs around him. He didn't have a running game before. Now they, they run the ball. They're one of the most balanced teams in all of football. And so when you have that, you can now insert guys and play with your system, albeit he's a phenomenal player, one of the best we've ever seen do it, in my opinion. But when you jump over and look at Patrick Mahomes, we've never seen what it looks like for him to go without Tyreek Hill for an extensive period of time. We, we don't know what that looks like. We, we, and, and, and even before, before we even talk about players, I'm not going to even talk about players anymore. Let's look at what he has to go up against in his own division. Mm. If we look at this list and we dissect this list, seven of the 10 quarterbacks, including Patrick Mahomes, are in the AFC. Three of those seven AFC quarterbacks are in his division. Mm. And we could argue, mm. we could argue that Derek Carr could be on the list. If we were to bump, I'm not bumping Jack Prescott off. I'm just saying if there was one that we decided to interchange, it would be Dak Prescott. We could argue that for Derek Carr. So when you look at what he has to go up against, he has more to prove because what he's going up against is coming after him and the road to get to where we can see these guys play against each other in the champ in the Super Bowl. It's much more challenging and difficult when we look at the landscape that he has to kind of till. Now, Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, we've seen him in action for, for quite a handful of games, a good sample size without Devontae Adams. And I am not – Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game. Mm. He is going to drastically miss Devontae Adams. We, however, have seen what Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers coupled can do when they don't have Devontae Adams and what they can lean on. Without Tyreek Hill bailing Patrick Mahomes out, and this is I say bailing him out because Patrick Mahomes, phenomenal talent, obviously skill set. When he, when he needs a play and his back is up against the wall, what does he do? He scrambles. He does what he does best. He gets out of the pocket. He looks down the field and he finds this cheetah running <laughs> somehow <laughs> wide open. That may not long no no longer be the case. And I understand they have some guys to kind of fill that role, but they're not Tyreek Hill. I'm not, I love MVS. I love even Juju Smith-Schuster. But collectively, they are not Tyreek Hill. And so when you see that element being gone and missing, I'm interested to see how it looks from that perspective of methodically understanding I got to be able to sustain drives. It's not going to always be big play, we're done with no more Tyreek Hill being involved. Yeah, for me, this one was really simple. Um, who has more to prove? Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. You study long, you study wrong on this one. One, Patrick Mahomes is coming off the worst season of his career. Let's just be real about that. Let's just start there. Now, coming off of that worst season of your career, were the statistics supported as well? Passer rating 11 points down from your career average. 
Let's talk about the worst stretch of games we saw from Patrick Mahomes when we really were scratching our heads collectively like, what is going on with Patrick Mahomes? Y'all remember week five through week 13, eight-game stretch? Patrick Mahomes is ranked 26, 26 in completion percentage, 25th yards per attempt, touchdown-interception ratio, 19th, passer rating, 25th. Now, obviously, he recovered, but then that takes me to my greater point. Because I used to love going to the grocery store and not for the food. I used to love seeing the coloring books on the side. And right next to the coloring books, they had this other book that you used to just open up and it was all black and white. And you could connect the dots. And I used to love to see that when you connected the dots, you could see the picture and the image and it would just come to life. Here we go. I hate to do this, but if you want to connect the dots with Patrick Mahomes, you may make an argument or see a picture of potentially some slight regression. Certainly not so clutch moments. Aaron Rodgers, despite his team's lack of success in the playoffs, coming off of MVP and coming off of MVP. You look at Patrick Mahomes, oh, the reason y'all didn't make it to the Super Bowl is because that second half you had, oh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Y'all remember that? Huh? No touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 12. I digress. Now, let's go to the year before because he took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he didn't have a damn touchdown in the whole game. Oh, let's go before. Well, that game wasn't his best game either in terms of 78 passer rating, much lower than his norm, and also keeping that game in the balance when you're supposed to be able to beat a Jimmy G. Finally, you did. If you look at Patrick Mahomes in totality right now where he is, coming off the worst season of his career with the worst stretch of games and having his worst moment the last time we saw him on the football field, by the way, with Tyreek Hill. Man, he got a lot to prove this year. But here's the other thing, though, Sal, I think that we might all be omitting is Aaron Rodgers has to prove it more urgently. Mm. Aaron Rodgers is older, and Aaron Rodgers has gotten to the promised land a much more distant time ago, being the Super Bowl. If Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes both were to struggle this year, Aaron Rodgers would be looked at like, uh-oh, he is done. He's over the hill. We overpaid him. We're in a dilemma. If Patrick Mahomes struggles this year, we're looking at him like, oh, he's 26. Okay, great. He's still got 10 good years left. So Aaron Rodgers has to prove it more because he has to prove it more urgently. For Aaron Rodgers, he can never afford to have another blimp type of season. We are already looking at Aaron Rodgers waiting for him to mess up. Packers saw him have 25 touchdowns and 26 touchdowns in back-to-back years, and we're ready to replace him with Jordan Love. If the Chiefs see that with Patrick Mahomes, they'll just be like, huh? It's all good. So the reason for me it is Aaron Rodgers is because not only does Aaron Rodgers have to prove something, but G.J. Aaron Rodgers has to prove it every single day because of his age. Mm. I agree with that. Mm. I agree with that. However, when I jump back over to Patrick Holmes, and now I'm going to make it about the players. When you see a young quarterback and he's had early success, Wiley, you just mentioned a lot of his stats last year. Well, one of the things he's had always had the luxury of having is those playmakers in in plethora on that bench, in particular, like Tyreek Hill. When you miss that, Aaron Rodgers has had that. You mentioned that. He's had that as well. Both of these quarterbacks are going to miss their most explosive piece of their offense for, for the last four, five, six years. When we look at Patrick Mahomes, however, a young quarterback, and he needs to make a play, and everybody now shifts to Travis Kelsey. All the defense shifts to him. Now it's all on him. Aaron Rodgers has been in those moments. He has had Devontae Adams taken away, and he's had to figure it out. He's had no Devontae Adams, and he's had to figure it out. 
we've seen him up. We've, we've labeled him with no help, and he has still found a way to make this team serviceable and still a contender. We have not seen Patrick Mahomes mm. from the jump of the season without or with less and then see him figure it out and still make this team one of the most feared contenders in all of football. That is why he has more to prove, in my opinion. Yeah, to your point, GJ, 10-1 and one is Aaron Rodgers' record without Devontae Adams. 10-1. and one. So obviously that's a smaller sample size than with Devontae Adams, but to that point, he has balled out without Devontae Adams, and more so his passer rating goes up nine points without Devontae Adams. His yards per attempt goes up a yard without Devontae Adams. His completion percentage goes up in those games because, as you know, when you're missing something, everything else has to rise up. Just like we talked about it yesterday, Acho. Hey, they say when you lose one of your major senses, the other senses have to rise up, have to be more aware. So I'm looking at this Green Bay team as at least they've been in this position enough where they know Aaron Rodgers, MVP, MVP, four-time MVP, can rise to that occasion. But then I look at Patrick Mahomes never being in this position like Aaron Rodgers. And then when you see a young quarterback, here's the thing, Acho, because you know I fell off. Right in the middle of my prime, largely because of the injuries and surgeries, but also just falling off. When you have one bad season in your prime, they say, ah, forget it, mulligan, breakfast ball, who cares? He'll rebound and then do it again. So do it again, Patrick Mahomes, in terms of last year was a step back for you. Even though you had the ultimate team success. Are we talking about the player? Are we talking about how the team accomplishes? But if he does that again... I think they're going to take notice, especially when you're paying them $450 million to take you all the way. Coming up, Damian Lillard got the entire bag from the Blazers. We'll tell you if Dame is being too loyal to Portland. That's next on Space for your sale. Damian Lillard signed a massive two-year extension with the Blazers that is reportedly $122 million. Now, Dame is a six-time All-Star, but... In his 10 seasons in Portland, he has not been past the conference finals. So, is Damian Lillard being too loyal to the Blazers? <laughs> nah, he's not being too loyal to the Blazers. How many times have you seen an athlete? First of all, Damian Lillard. Let's start this from the ground up. No, he's not a champion. That's starting it from the top down. Let's mm-hmm. start it from the bottom up. Damian Lillard has a blank checkbook from an organization and... And the pen. What? <laughs> like, for real. Like, uh, we get up here, old media, new media, suits, whatever. Used to play, still playing active. When do you see that? Like, how rare of an occasion is it that you don't even have to use leverage? Case in point. Kevin Durant right now has to throw a fit. Has to leak out. Has to do things and go up in arms. And that's Kevin Durant to leave his destination. Whereas Damian Lillard can stay still in his destination and grab a blank checkbook and the pen and write his fate. Now, his fate probably is going to be you're never going to be a champion. Mm-hmm. But that is now taking us into a different lane. That is now saying, Damian Lillard, you're great, but what's around you is not great enough. The question is, can Damian Lillard sleep? into eternity, saying that I put myself in the greatest position, but that also meant 
I couldn't have the greatest resources around me. Me, that's the pillow I want to lie on. You, maybe not. But the point is, Damian Lillard is in a demand control position that very few athletes have been in. Loyalty? Nah, that was bought. And loyalty from him? Oh, he's all in. I heard this and it blew my mind, so I'm going to try to regurgitate it in my own words. Give it to me. We always chastise Kevin Durant for saying he took the easy way out, joining the Golden State Warriors to win chips. But has Damian Lillard taken the easy way out? Meaning, I don't expect the Blazers to compete for a title this year. You do not expect the Blazers to compete for a title this year. Marcellus Wiley, my co-host, does not expect the Blazers to compete for a title this year. But Damian Lillard is going to make $122 million over the next two years, knowing that his team is not capable of competing for a title, knowing that there are no expectations from you, myself, nor you all at home to see the Blazers competing for a title. Damian Lillard's going to make $258 million over the next five years from age 32 to 37. (laughs) $258 million knowing that the Blazers have no expectations of winning and he himself thus has no expectations to win. Mm. If you want to talk about the easy way out, what way out is easier than a place of no expectations but exponential money? Woo. That's what Damian Lillard is getting at this junction in time. It blew my mind because we don't think about it, because we don't talk about it, because we don't talk about the Blazers. Mm. We love Dame because of Dame time. Mm. But it's time that Dame pays back the Blazers for all that they have paid him. Mm. Is Dame being too loyal to the Blazers? The real question is this. Are the Blazers being too loyal to Dame? If you commit to a superstar athlete for the course of a decade, you expect they return you something in return. (laughs) Giannis Antetokounmpo, he said, I'm staying in Milwaukee. Milwaukee said, bet, stay with us. We're going to stay with you. He gave them a chip back. The Lakers said, you know what, Kobe, we're going to ride with you. Shaq, thank you for everything. We'll see you when we see you. Kobe gave Shaq, Kobe gave the Lakers two chips back. Mm-hmm. The Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, all right, Dirk, we done won 50 games year after year after year after year. Dirk said, thank you for you all, your consistency. I'm going to give y'all a chip in return. But Dame Lillard, what has he given the Blazers besides Dame time? He ain't gave him no rings and he ain't gave him no finals appearance and he's only given them one finals appearance. I love Dame because I love his swag. I love what he does off the court. I love how he hoops on the court. But when you're about to make $63 million at 37 years of age because he's going to sign a five-year $258 million deal and he's 32 right now, if you're about to make that kind of money, at what point in time do you pay it back with your play in totality? So... As we chastise Kevin Durant for taking the easy way out, Mm. I do think it's time we ponder, is Dame taking the easy way out knowing the Blazers have no expectations, but he has all the money? Man, I love this conversation because I love you, how you brought this conversation forward. I think the reason we don't talk about him taking the easy way out is because we all know in all of our lives how hard or impossible it is to get into that position that Damian Lillard is in right now. What is that position? To be so great, to be in a position where you individually are so great that they have to reward you, and more importantly, they have to pay tax just to keep you. Have you been to Portland? I have not. You may not. Okay, you haven't been to Portland. I would just imagine in Portland, it's 
a huge priority to keep a box office star. And you're going to pay the luxury tax to that star to keep them here. What's secondary to that is, oh, can we build a winning roster because we're not a destination? So Dane Dollar always returns the dollar because he brings all of that revenue to an arena that otherwise, who's coming to watch them play? Great as C.J. McCollum was to that team. Doesn't demand the same amount of attention and interest as Dame Dollar. He's just not box office, even though he's a tremendous baller. So to me, it's simple as this. Loyalty comes in feeling and it also comes in dealing, right? You think through loyalty, right? Loyalty is a thought and then <laughs> loyalty is bought. And that's what happens. <laughs> and so you can say, I'm loyal, I'm loyal, loyal. How loyal are you if they don't take care of you? Oh, so now they're taking care of you excessively. So now you got what I love about Dane. I got blind loyalty. This is home. I'm staying here. What if someone came up to you? Well, if you leave home, you can go somewhere else and potentially win a championship or potentially end up like Durant chasing everywhere else. Dame Dollar is doing something that I think needs to be more admired Uh than actually us over here disparaging because... He's in a position where he's probably going to be with one franchise his entire career and never win a chip. You know who else did that? Who's revered? Reggie Miller. You know who else did that? Who's revered? John Stockton. It's okay. It's not the end of the world, but this dude is in a demanding, commanding position that few players can be in. But we have to look at the other side of the coin because for so long we do get on Kevin Durant's head and say, yeah, well, you yeah. know what, KD, you've been chasing. Have we seen a superstar exert this little amount of energy to chase a ring is Dane. <laughs> I love how you said a little Like, think about it. What do you mean little about Saying home is little energy? I ain't going nowhere. Westbrook was in OKC. Yeah. With Durant after Durant. And even finally when that trade came to be, Westbrook was like, look, Harden got some things going. Harden over there making some things shake. Let me see what Harden got going. Mm. Harden finally, after nine years in Houston, was like, hey, I got to try to get a chip. Yeah, uh, Brooklyn, what's up? Uh, Kyrie, you not balling? Philly, what's up? LeBron, after years in Cleveland, I believe seven years that first stint in Cleveland, was like, I got to get me a chip. Yeah. What's up, Miami? D-Wade, what's up? We see stars either go chase chips or be like, yo, help me. Even Giannis with Drew mm-hmm. Holiday, I just need a little bit of something. <laughs> Kobe with Pal Gasol, I just need a little bit of something. Embiid, help me. Mm. But Dame, you let C.J. McCollum go or you allow him to go with no contingency plan. Mm. With Josh Hart? I mean, C.J. McCollum may not be a capable number two in y'all's opinion. I think he oh, is. But if you're going to get rid of C.J., I need a contingency plan. Mm. But C.J. walks out the door and you have no number two waiting to come inside? It's just very interesting, and I don't know that we on our show are allowed to let people off the hook. And I think we would be letting Dame off the hook to not point out the fact y'all aren't going to (laughs) win. It doesn't appear that you, by actions of the organization, are that hungry to win, but this check is still going to cash. Oh, yeah. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. But I love you, Acho. Here's the mirror. You kill KD for chasing. Mm-hmm. Now you're killing K. Now you're killing Dame for staying. Yep. What's, uh, what can you do right? Yeah. I mean, Giannis uh, is what you can do right. What, what did Westbrook get out of all that chasing? What's KD? I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving Dame for staying out the club. 
I'm just going to stay at home. As I tell my wife all the time when she always fills up our calendar, baby, doing nothing is something. Stay at home. Like, dang. But that's a lie. Why? I went out? That's a (laughs) lie. Where'd I go? If you're going to stay at home with your wife, Anna Marie, can y'all at least talk? Can y'all build up your relationship? Can y'all become a better couple? Can y'all become better parents? Don't just sit at home and you on Twitter and she on IG, not cultivating any sort of relationship, becoming a champion in your Portland, own household. Portland makes the playoffs. They get playoff revenue. They, they're, they're a team that you're like, oh, they're not going to go all the way. That's what they are, and that's fine. Dog, different markets demand different things. And who's going to just raise their hand and say, I'm going to Portland? That is a tough ass. And stop spying on our house at night, boy. Boy, them two phones be lit up. The mouse closed. Coming up, Tyreek Hill. We tired. Them kids be wearing us out. Tyreek Hill thinks this could be Tua's last season to prove himself. I'll tell you if we're okay with him saying this. Next on Speak for Yourself. Check my camera. <laughs> Tyreek Hill has been hyping up his new quarterback, Tua, since he got to Miami. But... He might have put some more pressure on him, saying recently on this podcast that the NFL only gives you two or three years to be a successful quarterback. Tua is entering his third season, and Tyreek Hill says, quote, this is basically his last year to show people what he's got. So, Acho, you okay with Tyreek Hill saying this? Is Tua's last season prove himself? Dude, I love Tyreek Hill saying it Um, because... Tua is going to desperately need the help of Tyreek Hill. And if we are being honest with ourselves and Tua being honest with himself, this is Tua's last year to prove himself in Miami. Okay. A stat that blew my mind. The top 10 picks at quarterback from 2015 to 2018, that four-year span, the top 10 picks at quarterback from 2015 to 2018, only two of them remain with their team. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Ah. Every other quarterback that was drafted in the top 10 from 2015 to 2018 is no longer with the team that drafted them. Tua, you are a top 10 quarterback pick. How is it going to play out for you? Mm. So knowing, Tua, that this is the opportunity to prove yourself, let's put the elephant in the room and address it. Yeah. We don't need to sit here and act like, oh, nah, Tua, you're going to be here forever. No, big dog. If you sorry this year, that's probably it for you. <laughs> but this is why it's most important. Okay. When you need somebody's help to survive, it's best that they know they need to help you than you got to convince them to help you. Say it. Let me break this down <laughs> in football terms. He says, it was week 16, Philadelphia Eagles playing the Dallas Cowboys. I believe it was 2013. DeMarco Murray, LaShawn McCoy competing for the rushing title. Damn. Shady wanted a rushing title. I don't think he had a rushing title at that point in time in his career. Mm. Desperately wanted a rushing title. Mm. But DeMarco Murray was in his bag, too, when that Cowboys offensive line was beastly. Shady didn't come up to the defensive meeting room, barge in and say, hey, defense, I need y'all to hold DeMarco down. Please, I want this rushing title. No. What happened in the locker room in Dallas before the game was, hey, Shady, We got you, big dog. We're going to make sure you come out with the title this game. We're going to make sure you come out with the belt. We got you, Shady. It was us going to him, knowing he needed our help. But it's best that we go ahead and proactively say we got you because now we are going to be as invested in your success, LaShawn McCoy, as you are in your success. Mm. I love that Tyree Kill is like, hey, Tua. It's now or never mm-hmm. because Tyreek needs to be as invested in Tua's success as Tua is in his success for Tua to, in fact, be successful. Shady got the rushing title that year. Oh, man, but I'm not okay with it. I'm okay with what you're saying, but I'm not okay with what he's saying because y'all not saying the same thing. Uh-oh. 
Uh, why couldn't he do it like y'all did it? In the locker room. Hey, Shady, we got you. Not on the broadcast. Hey, Tua, this ain't be it. <laughs> and I know why he did it this way. I hate to do this to Cheetah because, um, boy, am I a fan. But uh, Where you at? Where you at? I am a man who teaches his kids to tell the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He went on that podcast, which I know you got to be authentic, right? This ain't TV, as they say. This is a podcast. Tell the real. His podcast. But damn, I understand being authentic, but you keeping it one thou while on your teammate who you're going to need. And this is why you did it, because you got three-part anxiety. Let's talk about the three parts of his anxiety. The first one is he was projecting. He actually went out there and said, y'all didn't catch it. How good am I without Patrick Mahomes? This is how I'm going to answer it. Hey, Tua, you better ball this year because three, I need everyone to still think I'm great. And the only way I can stay great <laughs> is if you ball out. Other than that, you talk to your boy. You see him every day in practice. You call him. You don't call him out. Are you a, a phone guy or are you a text guy? Me, you know I'm on that text. You stay on that phone. Neither one of us put it on the podcast. That's why we're still teammates. And y'all may only have one more year at it. Let's see. Coming up, what star quarterback is in a better position this season? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Or is it Patrick? We'll answer that next. Don't speak for yourself. Got your back. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes finished first and second in a recent survey for the best quarterbacks heading into the season. Now, Rodgers is the reigning MVP, and he'll be playing without first-team All-Pro Devontae Adams on the other side. Mahomes will be without 2020 first-team All-Pro Tyreek Hill. A lot of big losses mm. for these big-time QBs. <laughs> uh, so who's in a better position, though, going into this season? Aaron Rodgers, though, without Devontae Adams. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, though, without Tyreek Hill. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to keep this simple. Let's have a little fun, a little trivia here. Had a drink lately of water? Let's do it. Bartender, get him a double. Here we go. Who would you rather face twice a year? Vikings, Bears, Alliance, or Chargers, Broncos, Raiders? Hacho! Vikings, Bears, Lions, sir. <laughs> all right, I'd rather be Aaron Rodgers, dang it. What quarterbacks would you rather see on the other sideline wearing a hat? <laughs> Jared Goff, Justin Fields, or Kirk Cousins, <laughs> good lord. Or Herbie, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr? <laughs> or 200? <laughs> you get it? Man, this ain't no question. <laughs> what? And, and they're both missing their top target. They both have to make adjustments. But one's coming off his worst season statistically, and one's coming off another MVP season. Boy, I know you can argue, but good luck on this one, okay. man. This one's easy. Let's go nuance. My, my favorite parts of the show, oh, all these notes, unfortunately. I wasted my time. Um, athletes are selfish. Can I be honest for a second, so? Okay. Athletes are selfish. Uh, it was 2010. Texas was playing Nebraska. We were in the Big 12 championship game. Mm, mm. Now, I started in base personnel. So if the opposing team had a fullback and a tight end, I was a starter. If the opposing team primarily ran 11 personnel, oh. slot receivers, no fullback, no tight end, I, I, I came off the bench. Came off. I got you. We were in the Big 12 championship game. If we won, we were going to play in the national championship game. Alabama was playing Florida. If Alabama were to beat Florida, I know I'm going to start in the national championship game. They're coming out wide spread. Yeah, if yeah. Florida beats Bama, I'm coming off the bench in the national championship gotcha, game. Gotcha. So selfishly, I was concerned about who am I going to play because that's going to dictate if I ball or not. Nice, nice. Am I going to play against Alabama or Florida? Thankfully, we played against Alabama. Unfortunately, we lost. Why in the world am I telling the story? You started, though. <laughs> 
Because Patrick Mahomes is going to ball more based upon his opponents. If you're playing Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, they're going to light up the scoreboard. Yeah. Because they're going to light up the scoreboard, you are going to have to light up the scoreboard. If you're playing against uh, Jared Goff, playing against Justin Fields, playing against Kirk Cousins, mm. they're not going to light up the scoreboard. So those games are going to be in the trenches. Those opposing teams are going to try to beat you 24 to 21. Yeah. Hey, Justin Fields, hand it off, hand it off, hand it off. Jared Goff, hand it off, hand mm -hmm, it off, hand mm -hmm. it off. Kirk Cousins, you got some receivers, <laughs> but we're going to stay balanced with Dalvin Cook. I think that Patrick Mahomes is in a more prime position, not necessarily because of Patrick Mahomes, what? but who's the opponent? What? And selfishly speaking on this desk, we're allowed to do this. Mahomes can't do this. But Mahomes knows he's in a better position to statistically ball because he got a ball. What? Raiders going to put up points. Uh, 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 Chargers going to put up points. Broncos going to put up points. Thus, the Chiefs have to put up points. Yeah. Packers might win games 28-23. Chiefs got to win games 42-38. 42-35. I like that story because when you link about things, you realize Mahomes balling is going to be dependent yeah. on the fact that he has to. Win. Okay. So, hypothetically, if I had a team, because you know I'm coaching right now. My team won 56-7 the other week. So, I I'm ready for anybody, right? And if they said, okay, Marcellus, here's a proposition. You got two paths to take. Pick one. We want you to play all the champions of flag football over the last decade. And, you know, because they're great, and you're going to just have to play great because they're great. Or just play the teams that you played last week. Which one do you think? 56-7 happened against a sorry team. You don't have to go down to the competition just like you don't always rise to the competition. Trust me. Give me the path of least resistance. But if you're, a, sorry if you're a starter and you play somebody sorry, you know you're on the bench quicker. Like I, so you're not going to get your stats. You know how it goes. If you're blowing them out 56 to 7, oh, you're up 30 something oh, at halftime. Yeah. You got to go to break. You play linebacker, huh? DN shoes. <laughs> when, hey, when we blow them out, that's when I'm really getting them sacked because they got to throw it. Coming up, Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield have started before. But which quarterback will be the first to start again? We'll answer that next. Don't speak for yourself. See you out there in that luxury position. Reports say Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be traded by the end of July. And another report says the Seahawks have had internal discussions about adding him. Another quarterback, Baker Mayfield, has already gotten a change of scenery after last week's trade that sent him to Carolina. Sacho, who will start an NFL game again first, Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield? I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. Uh, if you could tell by Baker Mayfield's quotes on today, he didn't say anything that riveting, but what he did say is week one's going to be very interesting. Week one, remember, the Carolina Panthers do play Baker Mayfield's old team of the Cleveland Browns. He is determined, if starting no other game, mm. than to start that week one game. It's going to be tough for Baker to learn that playbook and beat out Sam Darnold, who's been there before. Jimmy G's a winner, taking the 49ers two times to the NFC Championship game, one time to the Super Bowl. I think him being a winner and what's the competition? Drew Locke, mm, Geno Smith. Ah, I'm going to go to the other side, Jimmy GQ. That's it for us. Women's Copa America Soccer. Next.